Hey guys, you're listening to the Simple Power Podcast, and I'm your host, Duke Lamastra. In this week's episode, I'm going to be sharing with you a strategy for growth and increase in your life right out of the Bible, out of Psalm 1. You don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Episode 9 starts right now. Alright everybody, thanks for tuning in this week to the Simple Power Podcast. If you happen to be following along with the Bible, you can turn to Psalm 1. And Psalm 1 is one of my personal favorite passages of Scripture. It was actually the very first Scripture um, passage that I ever memorized. I think I memorized it when I was five years old. I went to a Christian school and this was the first thing. We memorized all six verses and had to recite it in front of the in front of the school and all that kind of stuff. And because I knew it from such a young age, I never really honestly paid attention to the actual words of it because I just memorized it. I knew how to recite it. Sometimes something becomes so familiar to you that it, you know it's too close, it's too familiar that you can't really get the meaning out of it. But one day, you know, God just began to really open this up to me and show me the simplicity of this passage. I think that Psalm 1 is one of the most concise and direct passages that deals with biblical success. In just a few verses, God opens up to us principles that can guide us in the direction that he has for us. So I want to talk to you guys today about growth. I want to give you a simple strategy directly from Psalm 1 to help you grow. So in this, we're going to be talking about some of the mindsets and behaviors that actually stunt our growth, uh, ways to better understand a simple principle from God's word that leads us into successful, prosperous living. And then uh, if there's time, I want to kind of show you guys a biblical picture of what success looks like from God's perspective. So. Psalm 1 verse 1 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. The first word there is the word blessed. And that word literally means happy or joyful. And I know that this sounds really basic, but it's an important truth. God actually wants us to be happy. He wants you to have joyful. He wants you to have joyful. Excuse me. He wants you to be joyful. He wants you to have joy. He wants you to enjoy life. He wants you to enjoy yourself. You know, sometimes people think that God is cruel or he's a taskmaster or he's sitting up there waiting for us to fail or waiting for us to mess up. Like that is not who God is. God actually wants you to be blessed. He wants you to be happy. He wants you to be full of joy. The Amplified Bible takes that word blessed and expands it like this. And it adds the words fortunate, prosperous, and favored by God. Those are the results and benefits of walking with Jesus, walking according to the word of God. So look, it says, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, stand in the path of sinners, or sit in the seat of the scornful. So we've got three words there. We've got the word walk, we've got the word stand, and we've got the word sit. So I'm going to break each of those down for you real quick. First of all, he says, do not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Now, walking deals with direction. And another way to say the word counsel is the word advice. So I'm just going to kind of retranslate this part of the verse. I'm going to say, blessed is the man or the woman who does not base their direction in life on ungodly advice. 
Now look, this does not mean that ungodly people cannot give good advice. And this certainly doesn't mean that godly people always give good advice. Okay? It's it's going a little bit deeper than that. It simply means that as children of God, our answers, our direction in life should come from the word of God. One of the most detrimental things that I think holds the people of God back is when they consistently follow advice and counsel that is not based on the principles of the word of God. So he says, Blessed is man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. The second part is, nor stands in the path of sinners. Standing deals with position. And then that word path is actually, it means the course of life or mode of action. Here's how we can retranslate this. Blessed is the man or the woman who does not position him or herself according to the way of the world or the ways of this world. Now, look, this is not saying that you can't have ungodly friends or spend time with people that are not saved. Like, that's ridiculous. We don't separate ourselves from the world in terms of our presence among sinners. Now, we do separate ourselves from the world in terms of, you know, lifestyle. Like, look, Jesus hung out with sinners all the time. He hung out with them regularly. He ate with tax collectors and sinners. And he was around the people that the religious people were just, they refused to touch them. They refused to have dealings with them. And they criticized Jesus. Jesus never had a problem hanging out with sinners. But at the same time, Jesus never allowed them to influence his way of life. He was always the one that was influencing. He was always the one that was calling them higher. And when we take the path of the world, we actually fight against the plan of God for our lives. James 4.4 says, Friendship with the world is enmity with God. Again, that's not saying that we can't be friends with the people in the world. It's simply saying that we cannot adapt to the world's way of thinking. And the third part of that is sitting in the seat of the scornful. To sit means to uh, rest, remain, abide, or settle. So it says, don't sit in the seat of the scornful. In other words, let me retranslate that. Blessed is the man or the woman who does not abide or remain in the assembly of the scornful. A scornful person is somebody who mocks, ridicules, looks down on, makes fun of someone else. Somebody who tears down with their words. Somebody who's destructive with their words. Look, there are few things, if anything, that stunts your growth more than when you just constantly hang around with negative talking people because negative talk will eventually affect you. There are people around you probably that think that they know everything. And so the minute that you start off on a good path, like, you know, you're getting your life right or you're going after, uh, you know, the plan of God for your life, you're going after a dream that you have, you know, whenever you start to move in the right direction, inevitably there's going to be somebody that's going to be like, oh, well, you're doing that. You know, that's not going to work. You know, so-and-so tried that, you know, blah, 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 blah. And they tear down with their words. Now we can be friendly with any kind of person, but the language here is don't sit among these people. Like don't remain and don't abide there. Don't allow that negative talk to, you know, be around you or don't surround yourself with that negative stuff all the time. Because when you do that, it's going to affect the way that you think. We need to think the way that God thinks if we want to experience the things that God has for us. 
we need to be mindful of. We need to watch where we're getting our advice, where we're getting our counsel, who or what is influencing our lives, who's influencing our way of thinking. And then in verse two, it says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law, he meditates day and night. And this is what I call God's one step plan. Meditate in the word of God day and night. So we're contrasting two things here from verse one to verse two. He's like, blessed is the man, fortunate, prosperous, favored by God, happy, joyful is the one who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, stand in the path of sinners or sit in the seat of the scornful. But this is what he does. He delights in the law of the Lord and meditates in it day and night. Now the word law here is means instruction. We meditate on God's instruction, the instruction of his word, the instruction of his mouth day and night. Now we find this same principle in Joshua chapter one, verse eight. It says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. We see then that consistently meditating on the word of God leads us into a lifestyle of putting his word into practice. Again, observing to do according to all that is written in it. Another important part about this, uh, this verse here, Psalm 1 verse 2, is the word delight. Delight means pleasure, desire, or value. When you delight yourself also in the Lord, he shall give you the desires of your heart. Psalm 37 verse 4. It's important to note again that this verse is contrasting verse 1. When a man does not delight himself in the ways of the world, but rather in the instruction of God, the result is blessing. When we see the word of God, when we see what God has spoken and what God has promised as the life-giving source of counsel, instruction, wisdom, and direction that it is, then our natural response is to take delight in it. Delighting in his word is what causes us to meditate in it day and night. Now look, don't let day and night scare you. Day and night meditating in the word of God doesn't mean that you don't have time for anything else. You know, sometimes we look at a scripture like uh, pray without ceasing for it is the will of God or like this meditate day and night. And we're like, oh, well, that's impossible. I can't do that. So I might as well not even try. No, like there's more to it than that. We can meditate on the promises of God all day long simply by like maybe you go to bed at night or you wake up in the morning and you read something in 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 his word. You read whether it's seven chapters or a chapter or a passage or one verse, it doesn't really matter as long as it speaks to you, okay? Whatever your routine is or whatever God leads you to do for that day, just get the word in front of you, get the word inside of you. And as you meditate on it, to meditate means to ponder over, to think about it, to muse over it, to keep it in front of you. You know, you meditate on the word of God by, you know, you read it, And then you sort of like have a conversation either, you know, just internally or a conversation with God about that verse. You kind of interact with the verse. You can actually ask God questions like, God, what are you saying to me here? What does this mean for my life? If it's a promise from God, you can say, okay, what is my life going to look like when I get there, when I get to the point of what you've promised me, you know, when I actually see this happening in my life and you just begin to put yourself in it and you begin to meditate on it and it begins to affect and influence the way that you think and the way that you see things. This day and night thing, I promise you that you can do it. 
And here's how I know, because I promise you that you know how to worry day and night. We all know how to, maybe we start our day off and something goes wrong and then spend the rest of the day thinking about it. The rest of the day going, oh no, what about this? Oh no, what am I going to do about this? Oh, what if this happens? Or what if this doesn't happen? Or what if this doesn't work out? Or, oh shoot, that check engine light is on in my car. Or, oh man, I've got that meeting tonight and I know I'm just going to get reamed out by my boss or whatever. You know, we know how to go through an entire day. We probably, you you might even know how to go through an entire season just worrying about stuff playing that situation out in your mind, wondering what's going to happen, having that inner dialogue, that inner conversation, that's worry. And in my opinion, worry is nothing but the devil's counterfeit version of biblical meditation. To meditate on the word of God, all we've got to do is change the subject matter. Our thought process, our thinking is so negative. Like if you just take a day and you pay attention to the stuff that you're thinking about, you will probably recognize that there's a lot of negative stuff going on in there. Meditation means we change the subject matter. We actually keep the word of God in front of us, the promises of God going through our mind throughout the day. Now, look, I don't care if you take seven promises or one promise. Again, if it's like a chapter or if it's one verse or a part of a verse, it doesn't really matter. If God is speaking to you through it, keep it in front of you and allow it to infiltrate the way that you think. That is meditation. Meditating on the word of God is what gets it on the inside of us. Again, meditation involves contemplating, speaking it out loud, thinking about it, talking to God about it, involving our imagination. When we meditate, we engage with God over what he has said, over what he has spoken, over what he has promised. Meditation takes the truth and makes it come alive on the inside of you. And this is what I call it. I say that meditation is an incubator for the promises of God. The results of meditating on the word of God are undeniable. The second part of that verse in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 says, For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. We simply stand on his word, meditating day and night, holding on to the promises of God, delighting in his word, and it will come to pass. From the moment that he spoke it into existence, it was already done. So whatever God has spoken, whatever God has promised you, just recognize if he promised it, if he said it, it has already been accomplished. Psalm 1 verse 3, the next verse says, He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. This is the part where I'm giving you just sort of a biblical picture of what success and what growth and what prosperity looks like. The clear result of meditating day and night in the word of God is this. We shall be like trees planted by the rivers of water. These are thriving trees. They're thriving because of the river that's running through, that it's constantly bringing life and blessing and abundance and growth and more. He who delights in the law of the Lord and meditates in it day and night shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. In other words, he shall be like a tree that has a never-ending source of nourishment because the river never stops flowing. Our growth is never-ending as long as our meditation stays consistent. That brings forth its fruit in its season. 
Look, here's what I realized about growth. Like if you look outside at a tree, probably this time of the year, if you've got trees in your yard, chances are like if it's cold where you live, uh, you're not seeing a whole lot of fruit on those trees this time of year. But I guarantee you those trees are not frustrated. They're not disappointed. They're not sitting there thinking, oh, I'm not a very good tree. I'm a bad tree. You know, they're not thinking like that. You know, sometimes we look at our fruit or lack thereof and we're like, this just isn't working. What God said isn't working. And here's what I've realized. The growth process is constant, but sometimes fruit can be seasonal. Meaning like if you start meditating on the word of God today, you very well might see some fruit right away. But if you don't see it right away, don't let it discourage you and be like, oh, well, this meditation thing, this Bible reading thing, this going to church thing, this following God thing, this trusting in God thing, this following the plan of God for my life, starting this business, you know, whatever it is, wherever you're at in your life, we can look at things that we're doing based on what God said and be like, I'm not seeing the results of this quick enough and we can give up. Growth is constant, but you're not necessarily always going to see the fruit right away. Don't give up. The capacity to bear fruit is still there. And here's the deal. In the season where you're waiting for there to be fruit, we are still seeing growth so that the fruit that is produced will be even more mature. It'll be even better than the fruit produced in the previous harvest. Just keep going. Don't give up. Don't lose heart. It says, whose leaf also shall not wither. There's lots of things that can cause the leaves of a tree to wither. Lack of water, too much sun, disease. There can be salts in the soil that absorb the water before the tree has a chance to get to it. Fungi can enter in through the roots, blocking the flow of water. There's lots of things that can happen. God says, look, nothing will cause your growth or your increase to be stunted and nothing will snatch it away. This is the result of meditating on the word of God day and night. The last part of verse three says, whatever he does shall prosper. Like if the rest of that didn't work for you, if you felt like there was still something missing there, this, as far as promises go, it doesn't get much better than this when it says, whatever he does shall prosper. Success, prosperity, wealth, increase, etc. All that stuff is simply the result or the byproduct of building our lives upon the solid foundation of Jesus Christ. God is not trying to hold things back from you. On the contrary, he wants to give you good things. Again, we have a tendency to get impatient. We go after get-rich-quick strategies and things like that. We do things that undermine God's growth process in our lives. But when we put him first, delighting ourselves in the Lord, he gives us the desires of our heart. The implication is this. The more that we meditate on the word of God, the more in tune we will be with him. When we have his sense of direction, we will not fail. You cannot fail. Whatever you do will prosper. All right, guys, thanks for hanging in there. I know this was a little bit longer than normal, 
But here's the one point that I just want you to hang on to this week. Meditate on the word of God day and night. Keep the word in front of you. Keep the promises of God in front of you. Keep what he said in front of you because as you keep it in front of you, as you meditate on it, as you allow it to fill your mind and fill your thoughts, it begins to affect your life. It affects the way that you think, the way that you act, the way that you respond, the things that you go after, the things that you believe God for. In other words, everything in your life begins to shift and come into a different level of alignment with God's will and purpose and plan for your life as you meditate on the Word of God. So anyway, that'll do it for this week's episode. Tune in next Monday, 6 a.m. Eastern, 5 a.m. Central. Really grateful for you guys. Drop me a comment, subscribe if you haven't done so already, and I look forward to seeing you next time. Have a great week.